Hey, it's Heidi Rain. Welcome back. Welcome home. Welcome to another episode of Addiction, Codependency, and Toxic Relationship Recovery. I am so glad you're here. I have to say that one of the biggest questions I get asked as a relationship expert who specializes in shit shows, okay, and dysfunction is, is this normal? Is this, is this healthy? And, and we're going to take that even a step further in this new series I want to do called, is this true love or is it toxic? It can be very hard to tell if the relationship that you're in, the things that you're going through, like you're mean you're meant to be together. You know, if you look at your life with all the things you guys have been through and all the thoughts you have in your head constantly about this person, the magnet that seems to be pulling you together, even though you try to get away, it sucks you back in and makes you like partnered up. You think this must be meant to be, you know, I mean, if it's this tragic, the only reason it's this tragic is because it's got to be true love. So I plan on walking you through some of these different examples to delineate, is it toxic or is it true love? And really describe the difference between true love and toxicity along the way through these different toxic relationship behaviors that we engage in believing their love. You know, uh, by the way, let me just say I'm Heidi Rain. If you're new here, I do want to take a minute and welcome you and just say how much I appreciate you being here. I'm so glad you found me. It's it's uh, you know, it's a big place. So I do believe if you found me, you're here for a reason. And if you're returning, welcome back, my love. I'm glad you're getting value here. And thanks for all your amazing comments and letting me know. This is sponsored by HeidiRain.com. And over there, I just have so many different options to support you on your recovery journey, whether you're figuring out if you should stay or go in this relationship, whether you're out and you need to heal and recover, or you want to learn how to deal with the addict or alcoholic in your life and boundaries is your problem. I have you covered on so many levels. So go over there and check out what I have to offer you and send me an email and let me know if you'd like to even schedule a complimentary consultation to really answer your questions of which program would be good for you. I can do that as well. So let's dive in. What's our first question of, is it is it true love or is it toxic? This one, I have a bunch of roses. If you're listening to the podcast, you're going to miss it, but I literally, um, my old daughter always says, literary, literary, and I literally have a bunch of roses, these fake roses. And at the end of them, at the top is the rose. And at the bottom, I, I went to Michael's and I put on some red flags on the bottom of these. And so one end is a rose and the other end is a red flag. And the reason I did that is because it could be really hard to tell what is what. You know, up here, this rose is smelling good. And where's the flag? It's down below the surface. You don't really see it until you start digging. You start digging into a person and then you're like, oh shit, it's coming up flags. I thought it was all roses and it ain't so much the case. So we're going to go through these one by one and talk about each one. This first one, probably you're most familiar with. And this is this feeling of you cannot stop thinking about this person constantly. You're obsessed. Did you ever, do you know what I mean? You are obsessed with this person. You sit around at night, you daydream, you, you're, you're just constantly, I mean, they're, they're, you eat, breathe, and sleep this person. It's irrational how much you think about this person. You interrupt your day. I mean, you, you wake up in the morning, the first person you think about. Now, this could be somebody you ended a relationship with and you're not with anymore, and you're wondering if they, they're the one that got away. Is this the true love that escaped you? 
And you really beat yourself up thinking, man, I don't think about my current partner like I do my last partner. That must have been the true love. And this partner just must be like the fill-in person, right? Dad ringing a bell. Or you think to yourself, I'm with this person still, and I still am obsessed with them and they're next to me. And I'm wondering what they're thinking, how they're, you know, that comes up a lot, right? I, I'm, I'm wondering if they still love me, if they want to be with me, uh, are they going to tell me they love me this morning? Are they going to look at me the right way? Are they going to validate me? Are they going to notice me? And most of the people who feel that way when they're in a relationship with somebody and they feel obsessed inside of that dynamic are with somebody who is usually avoidant uh, attachment where they're in and they're out and they're in and they're out and they're back and they're forth and you don't know which end is up. So as this person who's obsessed with them, you, you're ruminating all the time about the status of your relationship, where things are, where they should be, where they're going, are they where you want them to be? Are they in love with you as you are with them? And so we get the drift, right? You're going to fall into one of these two spectrums. You're either over here reminiscing about the one that got away, obsessing, or you're over here obsessing about the one right next to you, wondering if they're when they're going to leave. Now, is this true love? Because you can't stop thinking about this person. Is this the true love scenario? Well, one of the best ways to explain something super complex and complicated is to make it so that number one, you can relate it to like an, like an analogy or a metaphor so you can see it, but also to just be able to break it down into different stages and levels of understanding, right? We have a basic understanding, an intermediate understanding, and a mastery level of understanding of something. And you don't have to start with the mastery level understanding of anything. We get there by continually looking into our situations a little deeper and inquiring. So we are going to do like a basic understanding of this today. Now, if you want to really understand this obsession or limerence or whatever you want to call that, that you're ruminating on somebody, I encourage you to let's go deeper. And so one of the courses or programs that we have to offer. So we're just going to explain this in a way that will hopefully simplify it enough for you to make some parallels. Like one of the best ways to explain love and define love is to really talk about what love isn't. You know, we find out what a lot of things are in life by first figuring out what they're not. We find out what we want to experience in life by first figuring out what we never want to experience again. And so what is love not? Well, love is not something that's painful. Love is not something that hurts, despite every popular song you've ever heard on the radio in your life. Love is not something that that hurts. Love is not something that causes you pain in your life. Love is what we turn to to heal the pain and to heal the hurt in our lives. Love is not anxious. Love is not rejecting. Love does, you know, love is really an action at the end of the day. You know, we I know that some of us are familiar with that love is, that sermon, you know, what is love? Love is patient, love is kind. And if we if and on and on. And if we listen to that kind of description of love, we start to understand that love is less of a feeling and more of a decision. That whenever I feel like I'm in love with somebody then I'm expecting these radical feelings, these neurotransmitters that are flooding my brain. And we confuse the feeling of in love with a stage of love called infatuation or attraction to a person. In love with somebody means I am actively inside of love. I crawl and I put my love over my hood on and I crawl inside to the behavior of love and I walk it into life and I demonstrate it 
as a willing participant, even when the feelings aren't quite there. That's what really being in love means. It means I am in action. I am inside of love with you behaving as a loving human being. Now, if I just said that level of understanding, you could look at your situation and say, was it love or is it a feeling? Is it an infatuation? Is it love I'm feeling for this person or is it something else? Now, this is a very complex issue. So I intend to go a couple of different directions with you to hit this from some different angles so that one of these angles is going to hit and maybe they'll all be in the middle, who knows, and make a firm foundation for you. But let's think about whenever we're obsessed with something, let's let's go off of this partner for a minute and, and go into addiction. You know, you have a, I have a long history in uh, dealing with addiction in the family. And a lot of our courses uh, focus on that being adult children of alcoholics or partners of addicts or alcoholics. And so you can look at your person who is obsessed with their drug of choice and they are obsessed, right? That That's the very definition of obsessed, isn't it? They're thinking about it constantly. They're, they're always thinking, when are they going to do it? How are they going to get it? When's it going to happen? When are they going to do it again? How long are they going to, you know, it's, it's all they can think about to the detriment of you, right? Where it's not about you at all. You kind of disappear in this obsession that they have. Well, you could look at this and say, yeah, that's addiction. I get it. They are constantly obsessed with me and, are obsessed with this drug of choice and it's hurting other people, but they're not even recognizing that, you know, why is that? And I'm going to tell you the reason right now, they actually think it's true love. The feeling that they get as the addict or alcoholic, when they're on their substance, they get true love because they conflate true love with um, self-medication. Okay. They can they conflate true love with with feeling numbed out, with feeling like nothing or feeling everything or whatever it is, a state that they want to accomplish. They confuse love with a feeling. They think they're in love with their substance because the feeling that thing provides. Same could be true for you. You think you're in love with this person because of the feeling they're providing you. But that is not love. That's a feeling, not a verb right? Love is something you do, not something you feel. So let's keep going on this track. I know this is a concept idea or a challenging idea, but again, we want to understand it in different levels. We're poking around in here and we're just kind of free balling for lack of a better way to say that this conversation. So you could say, wow, yes. Okay. I can see that that is not true love with that substance. That obsession is actually addiction. Well, one might then be able to look at you and say, well, if you can't stop thinking about that person, even though you don't, you don't want to, the intrusive thoughts come into your mind. You're always obsessing. Your mind always seems to go there. And maybe it's not affecting your life in a lot of negative ways, but surely it's taken up bandwidth in your mind that you could be spent doing other things and thinking about other things and relaxing into your life versus being so obsessed and uptight about this person or that got away or, or worrying about them being next to you. So if you spend all this time in this obsessive state, would it be fair to then say, maybe it's not true love for you? Maybe it's addiction too? Maybe you're also addicted and that's why you're obsessing because addiction is an obsession. It's an obsession to feel a feeling through this substance of choice. So ask yourself, when you're obsessing about this person, what feeling is it providing you? Now that's the compassionate part, right? Because you can look at an addict or an alcoholic and you could be like, well, they're obsessing about it because it's an addiction and you just want to leave it there because they're an addict. 
Okay, that's that's why they are what they are because they're they're an addict and they can't help it. But but compassionate heart, one who really understands addiction, is going to be able to say to you or to the addict alcoholic, well, what feeling are you providing? What are you what are you running towards or away from when you're escaping with this substance? And usually it's self-medicating something. For many of us who've gone through this substance use disorder, it's it's medicating an underlying anxiety or an underlying depression or CPTSD or lots of other factors. But the, the alcohol or the drugs or the drug of choice is a coping mechanism to that anxiety. Okay, leave that there, bring it back over to you. Let's talk about you. When you obsess about this person, what's the underlying thing you're obsessing about? Are you anxious? Are you are you dealing from fear? And you're like, oh my God, before I start obsessing about this person, I have the fear and anxiety. And when I obsess about this person, I convince myself of a story of a fairy tale. I make it better than it was and I alleviate my suffering. Just like a person who's already depressed turns to their drug of choice to alleviate the depression, even though it exacerbates it, exacerbates it, okay? This person is has a depression or the anxiety already, and they're medicating. So for you, I want you to notice before you start obsessing about this person, what else is going on? When that craving uh, hits you to obsess, what are you thinking or feeling right before you start that obsessive loop? Because the loop is the attempt to self-medicate the anxiety or the depression that's already there. Now, this takes some ninja status commitment to yourself to grow and notice and be aware. The best gift you can give yourself in your life is to become self-aware. Know thyself, know the world, heal thyself. So you have to be a student of yourself. You have to be curious again. Why am I, what am I, just don't, see, you know what it is? It's true love. That's why I'm obsessed. You take this face value, this societal construct of love and, and, and equate it. It's not your fault, but it is your responsibility to ask better questions, to dig down deeper, to say, well, what is true love? And that's where I come in. It's like, I want to I want to be a teacher for you and a, and a guide and a helper for you to get better answers in your life because you know how to ask better questions in your life. You know, a, a, a teacher can only take a student as far as they've gone themselves. You are going to be a product of your teachers, okay? So thinking, yeah, this is true love because it's obsession. That's what the media, that's what popular uh, society will, will tell you. That That's what everybody, oh, it must be. Can't get them out of your mind, honey. Oh, it must be the one, must be the one. You know, so it's not your fault. Uh, let me tell you a perfect example of this today about the teacher making a difference for you, okay? And be careful where you're getting your information from. I... So <laughs> I don't know if you know this about me, but I am a Zumba freak and I am actually a Zen and I love Zumba and it's so much fun. And Monday mornings are my time to go in with Vanessa, one of the teachers I love so much is Jaime and Vanessa and a lot of, a lot of really great people. But I take her class on Monday mornings and she's a dancer. You know, I don't know if you've ever taken Zumba. If you have not, please let this be your sign from the universe to take it. But when she dances, she unleashes something in me when I watch her that makes me feel like I'm a really great freaking dancer, like a fly girl back on in living color in the back in the day, a hey, deep cut. Yeah. I mean, you know, makes me feel like I am moving, shaking and growing. I feel because of this teacher teaching me and me mimicking her or trying to pick up the moves turns me into a dancer because my teacher elevates my game, okay? 
you know, this was very apparent this morning because there was this guy, this new guy in class, and he was like, oh, I'm also a Zen uh, Zumba instructor network. I'm also a Zen member. Can I teach a song? And Vanessa says, sure, you can teach a song. And he comes up and God love him. He's a sweet little thing, but he he was not a good a dancer. He was, a uh, you know, looked like a, kind of like a, <laughs> I, I don't know. He was doing moves that were moves. All right, that's as good as I'll go. But so I'm there and I'm doing his moves and I'm not a dancer. I'm I'm a half cocked chicken. I don't know, running over the street. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm not dancing. But he's leading the class and I'm following his moves. So I'm doing what he's doing. Okay. That is the value or the or the issue of having a, a teacher who's not equipped to take you where you really want to go. Where are you currently in your life? What is your level of understanding of something? How deep do you want to go? Don't don't come deeper with me if you if you don't want to go deep deep deep. You know if you want the surface stuff, if you want like the bandit on a flesh wound, I'm not your person. You know I've said that a million times. I've had people work with me and they're like, oh my god, it's just so this is deep. This is a lot. This is deep. But but we all know this saying. But until it t- comes time to apply it to our lives, if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. Okay. If if you're just hearing information like and you're just you know happy with the status quo and it's nothing's changing in your life, then you're not challenging yourself with the right teacher or with the right uh, coach or with somebody who can really guide you to step to the next level. And that's what I'm here for is to provide you with this deeper level insight. You know, I've dedicated my whole life to figuring out this dynamic of dysfunction so that I can help you (laughs) quickly figure it out and avoid a lot of the heartache that I did on the way. And one of these heartaches is believing that obsession is true love. Obsession about somebody is a coping mechanism to anxiety or pain or depression or some kind of CPTSD. It's a coping mechanism to an issue that you're having. And here's how I know that. When you obsess about this person, it's a form of self-medicating. You do feel better after you do it, right? So whether or not they're the one that got away and you're feeling like, oh my gosh, in my current relationship, I, you know, start to go into the problems, right? In my current relationship, I, I, we have all these issues. I'm not really feeling this attracted or I'm not really feeling like the passion. You then go, I don't like to feel this way. I want to change the way I feel. You go to the drug of choice, which is the person from the past. And you go, we had really good sex. Yeah, that was a good thing. You make it better than it was. It wasn't that great, I promise. Uh, But you you fantasize about it. And what you do is you put a Band-Aid on this flesh wound with this person. You are self-medicating with this person. What's the answer is to notice your obsession. Notice you're medicating yourself and go, what am I medicating? What am I trying to self-medicate here? What am I soothing What am I afraid of? Where's the anxiety? Because you're medicating anxiety about your current relationship. Why not address the anxiety in the current relationship? Why not address that lack of passion or address instead of limerence, instead of fantasizing or romanticizing a past person so that you can get a fix, all right? Now, again, you're with this person right now. You're laying next to them. You're obsessing about how they feel about you. Do they want to be with you? So instead... Before that happens, you're lying with this person and you're up, you're, you're thinking you're full of anxiety. Do they love me? Are they going to leave me? Do they want to be with me? I don't know how they feel about me. Are they, are are they going to pick me? You have all this anxiety. And so what do you do? You turn to the drug of choice, which is the mental masturbation. And you imagine scenarios in your head. Do they love me? Proof they love me. Proof they don't love me. You start to play this game in your head. 
And what you're doing is you're self-medicating. So you notice I'm anxious. I'm self-medicating with this obsessive thought about this person. I'm going to come back home and say, let's let's address the fletch wound, not put a bandaid on it. Let's address the underlying issue. And the underlying issue is my anxiety around abandonment my anxiety around rejection and you deal with that root issue it will it will it will grow new fruit in all of your life right not just your personal relationship so let's not do band-aid on, on flesh wounds let's get to the root issues the deeper issues that's what you can count on me for over at heidibrain.com it's a gift and a skill that i have cultivated for your benefit all right if this has been beneficial don't stay quiet about it for the love of the lord and all that's holy sing it Give it a like, give it a thumbs, share it with other people, leave a comment. It helps us help more people. If you're interested in going deeper and getting to those root issues, please just go over to HeidiRain.com. Super simple. I promise it's painless. Not every program, of course, is going to be for you, but I'm here to help you discern what is right for you or wrong for you. I could even uh, email me and we can go back and forth a little bit and figure out which course is best for you if you want to go a little deeper. All right. I love you. Take excellent care of yourself. And I will see you very, very, very soon. Bye.